0: Skin's mo- supposed to make that noise,
1: right? I, I don't know what s- sound skin is supposed to make.
0: Does your skin not make a sound?
1: No. Okay, welcome back to part two yep. of the Omcast Year in Review. Uh, if you're listening to this, you probably should have listened to the last episode as well, which was part one, which yep. led us from January to June. Yep. We are now going to be going from July all the way through to December and finishing with our top five and worst five.
0: Yeah, if you listen to the um, first one, you've probably got something clean of where we're leaning and certain films that we, we've already sort of gushed about. But yeah, we'll, um, we'll get on with it and pick up where we left off. So in July, we had quite a few big releases. I mean, where to begin? There's one here that I didn't see, but you saw it. Equalizer two, okay. Do you want, S- saw do you want- the Equalizer two,
1: yeah. Did you? Yeah, I went out with some other people that weren't you, and we saw the Equalizer two. And it's fine. Yeah, it's fine. It's a sequel to the 2000 and something release.
0: Yeah, no, I actually watched because when this one's coming out, I was like, did it really need a sequel? So I went and watched the Equalizer, having not watched it before. Yeah. I quite enjoyed it actually, it was pretty good. Yeah, it's fine. Um,
1: it's it's like tell me anything other than the fight in the hardware store
0: at the end. I think my thing with it is that there are I could but I can't really name a Denzel movie that's bad. Yeah. Like not maybe not great, but I've never mm-hmm. known one to be flat out crap. Do yeah. you know what I mean? He's he's a pretty good indication of the film being alright. Do you know what I
1: mean? Yeah, and I think that's Part of the problem with this is this and the Equalizer. Mm-hmm. Whilst they're okay, they're just they feel like just generic films. I
0: feel like they, it, in another world it could have been um, Lee Neeson.
1: Yeah, and yeah, it would have been exactly could the same film. Yeah, it would have been. Yeah, so it just builds on the premise before um, some bad stuff happens, and Denzel has to go in. Has mm-hmm. to go in as the Equalizer to save said person and uh, that's about it really there's not there's not a lot i can say i went to see it it was fine yeah fair enough. yeah if you saw the first then what might, might as well watch the second
0: okay um next one which we did go and see at the cinema i believe we went to um the imax for this one and i'm so glad we did the meg
1: ah yes <laughs> the meg
0: the meg <laughs> the meg with jason statham fighting a giant shark a megalodon um and it was I think I really enjoyed like the build up to it, like the um the camp, marketing. the marketing campaign. They were just super tongue in cheek. They knew how stupid it was, and the film itself was like that as well. So they were just they know how fucking ridiculous it is. It's a proper B movie. It's really schlocky, and I I really enjoyed it.
1: Yeah, I had a great time with it. I probably won't watch it again. Don't really think I have the need to. Um, what
0: no, not for Toshi? Not for science. That's 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 an actual line from that film. It's my favourite line. It's my favourite line. I, is it, it's okay. It's a good day, not for Toshi, not for science. Fucking great, and said with such conviction. And <laughs> I know because this film as well is that it's a Chinese American co-production. Yeah, and that is very evident throughout. Yeah. Um, and it's great. I just love it because <laughs> it's just all this like Chinese like money behind it, where it's like making China look amazing, and like like, like it's so much fun, and we have got yeah. so much money, and everything's cool, and everything's high tech. You should invest your money here, American businessman, played by Rain Wilson.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's just yeah. There was there was parts of it that was just it like the the whole film. Like I paid no attention to that, no, because. It's Jason Statham just swimming after
0: a shark. Yeah, but at one point when he's swimming after a shark, he quite literally starts singing the Finding Nemo song, "Just keep swimming, swimming, yep. swimming." And that was the point when I went, "I love this film," because that was when I was just yep. like, "They know how dumb this is, and they're running with it." Yeah, like they—they're they tra- all fully aware of if it. If they tried to take it seriously, I would have—I wouldn't have enjoyed it. No, you know I mean? like if you can imagine it, like with the same sort of tone as like the m- most recent uh, Godzilla. Yeah, 2014 Godzilla, which is like deadly serious. Mm-hmm. And he tried to do that with this. It'd be like it's fucking stupid. <laughs> you can't do that. Yeah, um, but they didn't, and it it's got its own little niche, and it did well at the box office as well. Um, Please don't make any more though. They're gonna, they're gonna, they're gonna, man, they're gonna. Like it would have done really well in China as well, wouldn't it? Because of all the Chinese stars and stuff in it.
1: Sure. Okay. <laughs> I think we've given it too much air time. Okay. <laughs> right, let's move on. Like it is that sort of film that you watch it, you enjoy it, you put it down, you go away. It'll
0: stick with it's me. it's The filmic
1: me. equivalent of a wank. <laughs>
0: <laughs> do you want to edit that?
1: No. <laughs> okay. Fuck right. it. Leave it in. Okay. Because that's what it is. All right. Well, you you usually, do it. It's done. You move on.
0: Look, usually, that's the kind of shit that I said that you edit out. Yeah. This is, okay. This is new. This is a new experience. For me. <laughs> I don't, I don't know if I like this. <laughs> <laughs> Tables have turned. Um, okay, uh, July. Um, another one which we didn't see at the time, but we've seen since. Teen Titans go to the movies.
1: Yeah, uh, you you've missed. You've slightly missed the grammar in that. Is Teen Titans go to, the, to movies. the movies?
0: Okay, all right. Teen Titans go exclamation mark. Yep. To the movies, um, which is Teen the-
1: Titans comma go exclamation mark to the movies. Jesus. Anyway,
0: so... I'm a sucker for grammar. All right, yeah, fine. So, basically, Teen Titans Go is an animated kids' TV show. Very, very kids-oriented. Super popular, though. Massively popular, and this was... They made a movie, which... So, this is the first exposure I've ever had to this particular series, but I heard really good things about it, watched it, and it was really good. It's fucking great. It's really good. So self-aware. Yeah, that's the thing. It's basically the, the plot of the movie revolves around... So, the Teen Titans are a team of... Um, young superheroes led by Robin. Yep. And the plot of this movie is Robin is trying to get his own superhero movie made. Yeah. So it gets really meta in terms of talking about the industry and what superhero movies are and what it takes to get a superhero movie made and that whole element of it. And so, it, and then, you know, within this universe that they live in none of the superheroes are busy doing any superhero stuff because all they're doing is making movies about themselves. Yeah. Yeah, it's re- and it's really If you funny. thought
1: Deadpool or Deadpool 2 was self-aware, then you've seen nothing until you watch this. Yeah. Because this is crossover, yeah. like hard crossover. It's they, they make a point of not just saying it like Deadpool would down the camera to the audience. Mm. They say it in the film. Yeah. So to Deathstroke, they keep referring to him as Deadpool. Yeah. Yeah, and, and he's is, excellently voiced by Will Arnett.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And they they take the piss, they go through all the origin stories and yeah. try and
1: undo all the origin stories. They make jokes out of the the current DCU films.
0: It's DC taking the piss out of themselves a bit because they they directly take the piss out of um Batman v Superman, yep. and the the infamous Martha moment, yeah. Um, they also have like oh, that's my favorite joke. I know, it's joke. so good. <laughs> um, but then like there's little um visual jokes, like when they they land or whatever somewhere, and yep. in the background you see as a poster of Superman, but he's got a moustache. Yeah, <laughs> just little things. Yeah. Like all that. the
1: posters you should pay attention to. It's a musical as oh, well. Yeah.
0: There's some songs in it, and again, and like they're super self aware and ridiculous. So mm-hmm. there's one where it's about it's an upbeat, inspirational song about life but that's the lyrics. That that's are, that's the lyrics and the name of the song. And the name of the song and it's sung by Michael Bolton who Brilliant. is played, playing a white tiger play, also play, wearing sunglasses and on playing a the using, saxophone using a keyboard. Oh, it's a keytar, isn't it? He's got a keytar and but then he's also got... Yeah, d- d- whatever. Anyway. It's fucking nuts and it's really good fun and it's, yeah, like I say, super self-aware and funny and yeah, it's good, it's good stuff. Definitely. Go to it. Yeah. Um, it's the best DC movie out this year, certainly. Yeah. Um, doesn't take much, but there you go. <laughs> Ooh, burn. burn Sick burn um, Okay July Mission Impossible Fallout Yep Mission Impossible 6 Which is fucking mental That they keep making these movies But Mission Impossible's really good They're consistently great They Like I think they've Had a bit of a shot in the arm Recently The last few um, Like Ghost Recon No not Ghost Recon Ghost Protocol, Protocol. Ghost Protocol Um Was the next one Ah, rogue nation Mm -hmm. and this one fallout have been great yeah like really really good um and yeah and this is just it's basic action like some amazing action sequences in it and all done sort of practically in camera stunt work tom cruise continues to be an absolute maniac yeah throwing himself off buildings (laughs) fucking, <laughs> like... Injuring
1: da- himself, hanging off of helicopters. Yeah, and
0: all kinds of crazy shit. Like, I remember the um, the, the chase sequence in Paris. Yep. On the motorbike. Excellent. It's fucking nuts. But it's just, yeah, it's spy plot, like, exactly what you want from these films at this yeah. point, to be honest. Yeah, I mean, and these it, are just...
1: what I would sort of say are, like, dictionary definition of tentpole summer action movies. Yeah. But what I would say is that they are consistently so good. Yeah. Like, and I can't remember the last time... I mean, I' still not a massive fan of three, but not that's not me saying it's bad, but each mission impossible film has been consistently great. You and I did a Mission impossible rewatch before yes, we, we even started the podcast, yeah, we did, um which is part of the genesis of how this podcast came to be yeah yeah
0: yeah yeah um and yeah and the, and they like i say they uh, for up until up until three they were constantly trying to reinvent themselves, and I think they found a groove when they hit four. Yeah. And then now they know the exactly, Macquarie era. Yeah, and now they know exactly what they want to be. It was the Macquarie era but then Ghost was Brad Bird. Brad Bird. Yeah, yeah. and then Macquarie's done the last two. Yeah. So I don't um, know
1: how they've sort of hit this new formula. Yeah, I think it's by bringing in the new team, maybe. I guess
0: so. Yeah, but and but that's the thing. It's the they've got back to it being about a team of people, which is yeah. what Mission Impossible was always supposed to be. Yeah, because I think for a bit in two and three, yeah, they was, didn't. He was just super spy Ethan Hunt, super spy. Yeah, and then now they've got this ensemble which they build up. So you got like Rebecca Ferguson was introduced in yeah. one, and then she carries over into this one. Yeah, and same with like the, some of the villains. So you had yeah. Solomon. Kane, I think his name is, sure. who's the like evil the bad guy? Evil bad guy, but he carries over from the previous ones. So th- yep. That's what they've done well with this as well as that. Although you can watch them in isolation, they re- they are starting to they realise that serialisation and sort of series are what people want, and yeah. they sort of it rewards you for having watched the last one. Yep. Um, and it builds on the stuff that came before, and you obviously you've always got Ving Rhames, um, Simon Pegg is in it again, yep. and he continues to be great. And obviously Tom Cruise. One standout for this as well, which was the addition, was Henry Cavill. Yeah, and he was great. Um, I won't say too much about his character, but he was just an absolute
1: unit. Unit.
0: (laughs) He was huge guy, tons of charisma, and proved that he's got his American accent and he's kicking ass. And it just proves that he's got what it takes to like definitely because I think he's massively horribly underserved in the movies that he's been made with him as Superman. And this was like proof of it. Like We've always thought he can do better. Now we know for a fact that he can do better. Mm -hmm. Because given a good character, a good direction and something to do, he's great. But with the Superman movies made, he just sort of stands there and looks the part. Um, But that's a separate point. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Yeah. But no, I I really enjoyed it. Um, I think it's another excellent addition to the...
0: The Mission Impossible. Yeah, I'd need to watch it saga. again. Actually, I haven't watched it since the cinema. I need to watch it again. Okay. Um. Right. July. Um. Again, the one that we literally just caught up on, but came out in July. Black Klansman.
1: Yeah. So Black Klansman is the latest Spike Lee film. Joint. Okay. Uh, latest Spike Lee joint. Um. And it sort of loosely follows the true story, of. An African American guy infiltrating the Klu Klux clan.
0: Ron Swanwick, I think the name is, not it? Ron? Uh,
1: Swan Hill. Anyway, yeah. Anyway, so Ron infiltrates the KKK and he plays part of the person who was infiltrating, infiltrating them. Sorry?
0: Sorry, Ron Stallworth was the guy's name. And this is a true story. So, <coughs> what I would say about this one is if you're in anywhere interested, look it up because it's a true story and it's an amazing true story. Yeah, Uh, but yeah,
1: and it's so it's it's a really interesting film because Spike Lee films tend to address sort of race issues quite a lot. Yeah, Uh, some do, some don't, Um, but this one does it like head on. Oh yeah, head on straight into a story that's both about the Black Panthers and the Ku Klux Klan and the police infiltrating both of these. Now we're not going to get into too much depth here because otherwise we're going to be here all night, but it's another stellar film mm. that's come out this year. Mm. We've been so privileged with so many films like this, but this one especially, and there are really powerful messages in there, mm-hmm. but also at the same time, it's really funny.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And it is, And it's sort of, um, there's some great, great performances in it. And they, so they subvert some of the things, which gives you a bit of a sense of satisfaction. Yeah. Um, because there are times when you're watching stuff like this, that it does, if you were, you know, in a, Sort of disposition that yourself and I are in, you end up finding yourself getting angry about it. Yeah, um,
1: and one thing that I would say about this as well is that it doesn't. Um, it doesn't. One thing that I take umbrage with in films is when they make light of something like this mm. uh, and subject matter like this. So I don't like it when Quentin Tarantino films consistently make jokes about race mm. because it it feels very forced. Whereas in this it does feel like there's a message in there yeah. to the point that they get to the end of the film and they show something that is exceptionally hard-hitting. Yeah, absolutely. And um, really serves us to sort of reinforce the message that we've seen throughout. Hmm. But yeah, that's absolutely, absolutely up there. It's yeah. One of my favourite Spike Lee films I've ever seen.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah, so that was Black Klansman. Um And then, yeah, the last one that I've got left here in July was and we did we eventually got it we it was a much it was a delayed release so it only came out here in july it came out in america i think a month earlier it was ant man of the wasp yes
1: yeah, so that was delayed because it's fairly football. significantly because of football
0: football Do you Remember so, that? Football
1: on. yeah so ant man of the wasp uh peyton reed back directing yeah paul rudd evangeline lily is the yep. stars With Michael Douglas and Michael Pena supporting, and
0: uh, yeah, it was great fun. I mean, yeah, so we've had the Marvel movies this year have been a real mix. We've had you know we've had a really dramatic, deep origin story with Black Panther. Then we had the all-out chaos that was Infinity War with everybody, and then we had this quite light-hearted easy, lo- low-stakes adventure. Well, not low-stakes, but you know what I mean? It, was like, it wasn't the but end yeah, of it the stakes, Yeah, for, for, for it was fairly low-stakes, to be honest. a couple of lives on the line. Yeah, exactly. For Marvel, it was fairly like light. Um, yeah. And a lot of people were like, why is this what we're getting straight after Infinity War? And it's kind of what
1: we needed but after we needed. Infinity it's like, War? It is
0: exactly what we needed, because Infinity War, if you've not seen it, then you know what we're talking about. It ends in a particularly down note. It's, it's the Empire Strikes Back. Yeah. So to have this to bring you back up again, was great. Um, And it's yeah, we watched it the other night, and it's it's awesome, really good fun. Um, Again, it's another one of those Marvel movies where you don't have to be steeped in all the Marvel stuff to be able to watch it. It's a guy that
1: shrinks and a girl that shrinks. Yeah,
0: Um, I think the only thing, the only difference with this, I suppose, is that they talk a lot about what happened in Civil War to start with. Yeah, but um, they
1: don't, they don't, you don't need to know anything about it. No, because really. it's just, they, 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 again, it's th- exposited early on, it's
0: exposited early on by Randall Park. Yeah, <laughs> so, your daddy went to Germany and drew on the walls with Captain America. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, so you don't need to see the other films to enjoy True. this. Um, and yeah, it's really good fun. They sort of they let loose a bit, like I was saying before. Paul Rudd goes full, Paul Rudd, yeah, um, he's sort of able to sort of really use his skills to the best the fullest potential in this one and yeah the cast is consistently great it's good fun again it's another hit for marvel they continually fail you know never fails they never disappoint i was gonna say they never fail to disappoint but that would be dc yeah Uh, (laughs) so true so true right yeah so that's um ant man the wasp so august there so there are three films out in August. Only one of which that I went to go and see. Okay. So, you're going to have to talk about a couple of these. So, first of all, Happy Time Murders.
1: Okay. Yep. So, (laughs) Happy Time Murders is made, a film which is made by Jim Henson's son. Was it really? Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. and um, His
0: dad's going to be so not happy with that. I know he's dead, but still. No, no, no. No,
1: no. Listen, he... Has taken it over and he's doing what he's gonna do with this. So, um, his dad was okay with pushing the bar somewhat. He wasn't a Mister Rogers' s character, but what he's done here is he's imagining a world where Muppets coexist with real people. Yeah. So as you would see in a Muppet movie. Yeah. They coexist, but this is done in a film noir style. Yeah. So it's not shot in black and white. But it is done as like this hard-boiled detective story (laughs) about two partners coming back together to solve a crime. And it's about all these different murders happening. If it was any other film, I probably wouldn't have seen it. But the fact that it's Muppets being really filthy and really gross and, yeah, it totally, totally switches up how you would see the universe. There are some really, really funny moments in there. But there are also a lot of laughs that fall quite flat. Okay um without sort of attacking anyone specifically i think part of that is melissa mccarthy's in it yeah that, that, so that she has these yeah. sort of standard joke points that she hits yeah but then there is a bit of a message in there as well yeah about that kind of fits in with her character about her being that way i guess so yeah and then they try and move slightly away from it but there are some brilliant brilliant moments in it
0: yeah, I might try and watch it some point. like The thing that put me off is, like again, I don't mean to say this in a sort of attacky way, but it's yeah. Melissa McCarthy. Because yeah, I think my biggest issue with Melissa McCarthy is that she just, every time I see her in a trailer, she's just doing the Melissa McCarthy thing again. Yeah. And it's just, it's tired. It's like, it was funny yeah. in Bridesmaids, but that was like, what feels like 10 years ago now, and you've just been doing the same thing in every bloody comedy. Yeah. And I was like, I just can't be asked. Like, if it was, I don't know, anyone else. Anna Kendrick. (laughs) But Anna Kendrick's my answer to everything.
1: But yeah. Okay. (laughs) Right, let's move on.
0: Um, Okay, another one that you saw that I didn't see. Christopher Robin with Sad Tigger. Yes. So Christopher
1: Robin is a film that exists separately from all the rest of the previous films.
0: Previous films with what?
1: Of the the Winnie the Pooh.
0: Yeah, but they've never done live action Winnie the Pooh before, have they? Uh, I think so. Have they? I think
1: so. I don't know. Anyway... So, it exists separately from these. So, all the adventures from the books mm. that were written about Winnie the Pooh are real. And Christopher Robin is now an adult. And it's, it's hard to explain. So, basically, Christopher Robin's now an adult. Mm-hmm. Winnie the Pooh uh, realises that um, the Hundred Acre Wood is sort, of, sort, of, sort, of, sort of not dying, but is losing its magic. And it is really quite sad in places. Jesus. But as you go through, it's about reuniting friends. And there's this strong message about family and taking your time to be with people. Um, and it is quite a sweet story. That's, a, that's probably my clearest way of defining the film. Is It's yeah. just really sweet. It's quite nice. There are some very sad moments in there. Some really quite heartbreaking moments. But it's so lovely as well. I took my mum to go and see it. Aww. We had a nice time. Aww. She cried at a couple of points because there are some sad bits in there. Aww. Winnie the Pooh's fucking hilarious, and not in sort of like any other sort of modern jokey way, but in just
0: throwaway little flippant comment ways. Good, I'm glad they didn't because there was a Peter Rabbit movie out this year as well, and I thought they tried to like fully like modernize him, and they get and he was voiced by James Gordon. I'm like, yeah, I'm so glad they seem to have kept the integrity of yeah. Winnie the Pooh, and Tigger, yeah. And all so those they've characters.
1: got they've got the voice the guy who did the voice for the last however many years since the original voice actor passed. But yeah, it's really, really nice and really, really sweet.
0: Okay, all right. And then there's one that we did go and see in August. Yeah. The Predator. Cool. What else came out next? (laughs) I think we'll both talk about it later on, won't we? Yep. Okay. So The Predator was directed by Shane Black. It was a new Predator movie. We'll talk about it later. Um, Fuck's sake. October, we had Venom. Yep. That was another one we went to see. It was. Made a shitload of money. Tom Hardy, spin-off, Spider-Man.
1: Yeah. What I will say is it's it's not on my worst list. Is it not? No. Okay. There are other things in there that are, are worse. Okay. Um, and we'll get into the reasons why later. But yeah, basically it's Tom Hardy um, playing Eddie Brock. Yeah. He comes into contact with the Symbiote and becomes the titular Venom. Yeah. And then shenanigans ensue. Yeah. When uh, Riz Ahmed also gets his own Symbiote costume. And then they do symbiote fighting.
0: Yeah, it's done. there's a
1: whole subplot in there about like conspiracies and Riz Ahmed being very Elon Musk esque. Yeah. and Tom Hardy's this hard line journalist that's getting right to the core. But it just felt really disparate. It felt yeah. like there were. It felt like there was a big battle between the messages of what they wanted to be yeah, in I feel the like film.
0: There should have, at one point there must have been an R rated version of it as well.
1: Yeah. Origin well they originally said that it was gonna be R rated okay. right up until yeah. like about six months before it came out.
0: Yeah. Um yeah, it's just silly, missed opportunity. Yep. Um Bad Sony, bad. <laughs> the other one that came out in October, which I haven't seen, but you have Mandy with Nicolas Cage. Yeah. Do you want to talk about Mandy? <laughs> um, <laughs> yes. Go on then. So <laughs> It's
1: really difficult to explain Mandy in a way that um, would make it sound not totally
0: mad. But it is mad, though, isn't it? It is. But, yeah. but
1: in I think a lot of hearsay and a lot of what people have said about it is is going to subvert what you might expect from the film. Mm. So there are mad mad, ludicrous moments when Nicolas Cage forges a battle axe that looks like something out of a comic book. (laughs) Um, But then there are also really sombre moments when it's just him and Mandy hanging out. So essentially it's a a revenge film. Mm -hmm. We open the film. It's quite slow moving throughout the whole thing, but visually it's spectacular. Yeah. Like I said, it begins with the revenge part and then it goes on as you would expect any other revenge film. But it's so bizarre and so strange, and there are animated sequences in there, but a lot of like dream sequences. And there is Nicolas, pa- Ni- There's Nicolas Cage being like full, full Nicolas Cage, as you would expect. But also he gives this really sort of quiet performance as well. So he doesn't say that much in this film.
0: Mm.
1: But it's just absolute madness. From what you expect it's going to be about maybe demons, ghosts, monsters, spiders, whatever. Or it's just going to be this guy makes an axe and goes and murders people. It's none of that. Okay. But at the same time, it's all of that.
0: <laughs> yeah, this sounds nuts. I don't even know. It's, I it's... madness. <laughs> okay. It's
1: so strange. It's But it's... I couldn't look away for a single moment. Yeah. Even though it's really, really slow. Yeah. There are some moments that are really, really uncomfortable to watch. It's just absolutely bonkers. I had so much fun with it. Well, not even fun. I was just absolutely enamoured from when it first started. And I couldn't look away. Fucking hell. Okay.
0: All right. I, it, you, I think you said to me that you think I'd hate it. Yeah. Because, what, it's just too mad?
1: It's not even that I think I think you would think it's weird for the sake of it being weird, yeah, but it's but it's it kind of is at the same time, it kind of isn't,
0: right the fact that you say stuff like that doesn't like it yeah. is, but it isn't it is like there's so the much time.
1: symbology in it, yeah, okay, that at the same time you're like, oh, I get that symbolism because it's so obvious, but it's also so obvious that it might not be symbolism, also the director. And this is my final line to say on it. The director has the coolest name in the world. His name is Panos Cosmatos. That's
0: pretty cool. Okay. Yeah, That's I'll give it. you that. I'll give you that. All right. <laughs> okay, so that was Mandy. Um, moving into November. So now we're starting to get into the point where there are a couple of these movies where we've actually covered them already. Yeah. i um, giving them full episodes, so we'll do them very briefly. But <laughs> if you want to know our full thoughts on these movies, then go back and listen to our previous episodes. Um, first of all, Overlord. Um, yeah. Which I believe was our first uh, movie just, review. Yeah, episode. movie review. We just got back from the cinema type thing. Mm-hmm. Um, Overlord was it's a, it it sort of got swept under the rug as a little movie. Yeah, it's a um, shame really. Which was a shame because it was really good. Um, and it was yeah. So it's a World War Two action movie about Nazi zombies. Yep. In the most basic terms, that's it. Yep. Um, it's yeah, it's the Third Riker of doing weird experiments and turning people into these undead monsters bunch of american soldiers stumble upon it they have to save the day yeah And that's it and it's it feels like a throwback to you know like the predator and sort of the thing and sort of these sort not the predator no sorry not the predator predator um and aliens and these sort of old school like action horror films where it's a group of military guys up against monsters yeah and it was it Added like a and all the archetypes in terms of the characters are there. There's the gruff guy who doesn't give a shit. There's the rookie who's really really idealistic. There's the captain who's all about the mission, and they're all just but they but all playing this type. But they fucking it was great. It was just really good fun. Yeah. Um. Good. Yeah. Great ensemble cast. Good action. Um. And it was it felt quite different. Yeah. Um, It was
1: quite. It has been quite unique in the film of. In a year of superhero films,
0: yeah, exactly. It, it was it was another one of those. It's like Quiet Place in that it was a completely original yeah. thing. It wasn't based on anything that had come previously. Um, and it's a shame that it didn't get as much recognition because when films like that come out and they're not recognized and they don't make money, then they stop making them. They just they only make things from yeah. licensed properties and you know things that have got pre existing fan bases built yeah. in. And um, that's the thing.
1: As much as we do a podcast about. The grand rewatch, where we're watching films about sequels, prequels, remakes, and reboots, we do champion originality in Absolutely. films,
0: yeah, which is why we, you know, we do these extra, yeah, um, episodes. And what hopefully you've seen through the, through this one and part one, where we've had the opportunity to talk about movies outside of those franchises. Um, but yeah, Overlord, I mean, yeah, if it does, I imagine it's the kind of movie where it'll probably be, end up being on Netflix sometime next year, probably. Um, and if, if and when that happens, check it out. It's actually a really good movie. Mm-hmm. Um, it gets pretty graphic and horrific. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, don't. it may not be the one to watch it with someone who's not into that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um. But, yeah, check it out if you're in for an R-rated action movie, like back in the old days. Yeah, definitely. So another one that came out in November, and I'm going to have to talk about this very briefly, because you have no exposure to this whatsoever. Okay. Fantastic Beasts: The Crimes of Grindelwald.
1: Yep. So, this is—I understand what most of the words in that title mean.
0: Yeah. Okay. Right. So, so yeah, Grindelwald is the is the bad guy in this, and he's played by Johnny Depp. Um, it was just a mess, man. It was a mess. I was a shame. I was kind of looking forward to it. I know. So, you have never seen any of that, or you've seen like one or two of the Harry Potter films? You? The first
1: Fantastic Beasts. Oh, you have. And I've seen the first Harry Potter. Okay. And I had no inclination to see this.
0: Yeah, fair enough. I obviously have seen all the Harry Potters, I've read all the books, and like I'm sort of I know that universe fairly well. And I was interested to see where they were going to go with this. And yeah, I was really disappointed by it. Really, it was just it was there oh. were el- there were elements of it that were really that were quite cool, and I would like to see like they could do like a really good si- like movie series or something about it where it was like these. Essentially, like secret agents, yeah, um, but set in a world of magic where instead of a gun you got a wand and all that sort of stuff, yeah. And it was all like cloak and dagger, like almost film noirish. Okay, um, set in the nineteen thirties Paris, and it's a really cool, like setting and the, all the rest of it. But yeah, it was just it was quite meandering and just plodding along. A lot of exposition without a lot of stuff actually happening. It mm-hmm. all became about who someone was and what their heritage was. uh, Yeah, not to spoil it, but it became... So, Ezra Miller's character from the first one is now... The whole movie is about who his real parents are. Oh. oh, do you know who the child really is? No, he's that child over there. No, he's the lost child of the person of the thing of the bit and it just goes on for hours and hours and hours of different people having different theories and contradicting one another, and then you find out at the end what it actually is, and it makes zero fucking sense, <laughs> and it just ruins the whole thing. I remember I walked out of when the person I was seeing it with, and we just sat there in the car on the way back. And she was googling it and just like, no, hang on, no, no, that doesn't make sense at all. We're like we like the the timeline for like who they're saying he is. Right. Both his biological parents were dead two years before he was born. Oh. So the stupid shit like that. And it's like, but JK Rowling wrote it herself. She knows this universe inside out, but it doesn't, but like immediately it doesn't make sense. It's, it reminded me a little bit of the whole, um, prequel thing that George Lucas did where he did, he wrote the prequels, Mm. but then they don't fit with the sequels. So like Leia remembering her birth mother. Yeah. Doesn't make any sense. Same kind of thing here. So right. there's loads of things where characters shouldn't even be born yet, but they're walking around. And like, yeah, oh. stupid shit like that. Okay. The one thing I will say, the one sort of saving grace of it is Jude Law plays a younger Dumbledore. Okay. And he's fucking brilliant. <laughs> he's he's perfect casting for it, yeah. and, but he doesn't get enough to do in this one. Um, but every time he turns up, he sort of lifts the whole movie. Um, hopefully he'll get more to do in the next one. Cool. Um, but yeah, I won't talk any more about that. <laughs> That's a fantastic piece.
1: <laughs> okay, cool. So what we got next?
0: Uh, next one, again, we did a whole episode on it. Creed 2. Yeah. Creed...
1: Excellent. Excellent edition.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I fucking loved Creed 2. Yeah. Loved it from start to finish. I mean, that was the first series of the grand rewatch, essentially, where we yeah, watched all, all the movies leading up to it, and then went to go and see Creed 2, which enhanced our experience. And hopefully if you were listening along with us, it would have enhanced yours as well. Yeah. Because you really got the sense of all the weight of the history behind it. Sure. But then outside of that, st- standing on its own, Creed Two was just a really good movie. Yeah. Um, Great performances all around. Great story. I mean, there's obviously, it's not the most original <laughs> story. No. Uh, but they do, they add wrinkles into it that make the characters are their own character and flesh it out. And yeah, they're good.
1: Yeah. No, I really enjoyed it. Yeah. Um, like I say, like I said before, I wasn't completely in love with it, but I still really, 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 really liked it. Yeah. But yeah, we've spoken about that for quite a bit. So what's next?
0: Um, again, the, so there's only two more left in December now, and both of which have had their own episodes given to them from us.
1: Uh yes.
0: <clears throat> so Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse. Yep. And Aquaman. Yep. So I mean, one of them, the Spider-Man, we absolutely, we both absolutely loved. Yep. Aquaman, we had some issues with. Yeah. If you want to know any more about either of those, go and listen to those episodes. Yeah. So
1: yeah, I would say like they're both pretty recent ones. They're not particularly long or in depth. No, well they are in depth, but they're not both not particularly long.
0: No, they're quite. They're yeah, for us they're fairly short episodes. Yeah,
1: considering we had to put this one into two parts. Yes, but Um,
0: we're talking about forty odd movies, man. It's gonna be. I think we've done all right. Yeah. Um, (laughs) But yeah, Aquaman.
1: We had issues with it. Wasn't awful, but it wasn't great. Yeah. And uh, Spider-Man, we both completely, completely loved.
0: Yeah. And speaking of then. Yep. That means that we've come to the end of the year and it's time to do our top five best and top five worst movies of the year. Okay. So how do you want to do this?
1: So if we do our worst first. Okay. Just to get them out of the way. Yep. And then we'll do our top five. Okay.
0: Do we want to do... Have you done your top five in order? No. No, neither it right. I think that's probably the best thing to do, isn't it? Yeah, because otherwise I'd have been here all fucking yeah, week. Yeah, yeah. No, i been completely. It took me that long just to get down from six to five. Mm-hmm. I've been here all day. I've like, you should have seen the like the Charlie Day, murder wall, M- murder wall. <laughs> anyway, okay. So, worst five movies of the year.
1: Okay. So, Deep Blue Sea Two. Was okay. So bad. You fell asleep. I lost consciousness.
0: Yeah. Okay. All right. Fine. Yeah. It was fucking stupid. I, I forgot. I forgot about that. So straight to DVD, sequel to Deep Blue Sea.
1: Yeah. And it was... So most films that I'll watch, if I start to get a bit tired, I'll make a conscious effort to stay awake. With this one, I just couldn't be asked.
0: I'm just thinking about it. I don't know if I've ever known you to fall asleep during a movie before. No. Apart from this one.
1: Yeah. And I was just (laughs) fucking donezo. I was just like, I I don't care. None of this makes sense. It's bad. Not even fun bad. No. And uh, speak like put it this way like, one of my favorite things to do is watch Mystery Science Theater 3000 because I like fun, bad films. Yeah, this is just dog shit.
0: Yeah, no, it was crap. It
1: was crap. My next on my list is Fahrenheit 451, yeah, which is a book that I love. It's got actors in it who I love, it's addressing a subject matter which is really, really powerful and really intense. Uh, and it was crap,
0: yeah, it just like. I think the first sort of half of it was okay, and then they they introduced this weird... Wasn't there some sort of D.S.S. McIntyre-type thing where they imparted the wisdom into a bird, and the bird... Yeah, all that, of... All what was of... it called? What was it called? It was a, they had a stupid name for it. It was a goober. They had a goober. They had a they thing. Can, they, had yeah. A, yeah. they had a MacGuffin. Yeah, and it just didn't make any fucking sense. No. Nope. It kind of ruined the whole thing. And like, it, was in the, oh, it was in the DNA of the bird. That's it. And it was like all of human... Like some kid was reading every single book ever written... And was absorbing yeah. all the information, and it was like, what. But the first half of it was like this really tense back and forth between Michael B. Jordan and um, Michael Shannon. Yeah, and it was about because basically it's this dystopian future where people go out, they burn books, and they're yeah, destroying all like literature reco- is outlawed. Yeah, and Michael B. Jordan's the young guy who does it. Um, my, um, Michael Shannon is his boss, and yeah. when Michael Jordan starts to question the whole system. And it's kind of that sort of 1984, like, guy from within the system trying to yeah. break out of the system. bit like Equilibrium.
1: Yeah, which is literally <laughs> the point that I was about to make. I was like, if you want a good version of this film, read the book. If you want a slightly less worse version of this film, watch Equilibrium. I don't
0: mean slightly less worse. I think like, Equilibrium is great. It's okay. Got, it's got Sean Bean. Sure. And Christian Bale. Yep. And Gung Fu.
1: Yeah and it was, yeah, that film wasn't a total rip-off of Fahrenheit 451, then
0: they... No, it was a rip-off of The it Matrix. ...made some
1: sort of bastard child of The Matrix and Fahrenheit 451. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So, let's move on from that shiter. Um, the next on my list is The Hurricane Heist.
0: Oh, fucking hell. <laughs> I
1: which, love The Hurricane which is, Heist. Which I fucking hate because it felt like it was just insidiously stupid. <laughs> Um, (laughs) and it you know, it's got Toby Kebbell in it, who's a great actor, and it's got Maggie Grace in it, and it's about a hurricane, and it's just fucking stupid. The whole film stops right in the middle so they can talk. Yeah, they're like, oh, we're in the eye of the hurricane, and we're in the hurricane, hurricane, and we're right in the middle. Yeah, let's do some talking. No one fucking cares.
0: But it was the Sky Movies original. Great.
1: So was that other one, Anon. Bet you saw that one too.
0: I didn't, actually. The other one that I do want to see that's Sky Movies original, though, is Final Score with Dave Bautista and Yeah. It's pleasant.
1: I mean, that's been out for months. <laughs> yeah. You can't want to watch it that much.
0: I'm, I have Sky, Sky Movies pretty much everywhere I go. So.
1: Yep. So, yep, that's the third on my list. Yep. fourth is Cloverfield Paradox. Yeah. And the reason it's on my list is because I don't, think it's actually one of the worst films i've seen this year i think there are other things in that list that i that weren't as good but the reason cloverfield paradox is in there is because of what it did to the franchise yeah and how it was a film that they just hammered references in and they hammered this whole cloverfield subplot into it to make it work.
0: Yeah, like I feel like they should have switched things up. They should have had that be... Because basically, originally, that was going to be something called the God Particle. Yeah. And it was this whole different sci-fi thing where it was about Hadron Collider creating a you know a paradox.
1: Flipping them between their different dimensions. Exactly, and
0: that's like, right, make that then. Make that and have it be its own thing. And yeah. then I really would have loved it if they could have somehow found a way of just tagging the name Cloverfield onto Overlord. Yeah. Don't change the film, right? Keep it the way it is. But just had the overlord, the Cloverfield project was what the Nazis were working on. They just, yep. That was the code name. Because then more people would have gone out and seen Overlord and yep. it would have made more money, it would have made more of an impact. Yep. And great. and there are really, like really
1: good actors in the Cloverfield paradox. Yeah. There are really good performances in there.
0: Yeah. There are really good scenes
1: in there. Yeah. But by and large it just falls apart. Yeah. Because they just tried to fit it in after the fact.
0: Yeah, they clearly like just re- and then the whole fact that it came out on Netflix and all the rest of it and just yeah. was quickly rushed out. Yeah, like you say, it did so much damage to that franchise. Yep, And they may have killed it dead. To be yes, honest, yes, and that's
1: know. that's one thing that I dislike because one of my favorite favorite films, probably in my top ten of all time, is Ten Cloverfield Lane. I
0: love that film. Yeah.
1: So, right. So now we're getting to the final one on my worst film of the year. I know year, what this is going to be. <laughs> and it's a film that I. I have a special, special hatred for now. It's The Predator from Shame Black.
0: Yeah.
1: It's fucking shit. I hated it. I still hate it. Every time I think about it, I get angry. When people talk to me and say, oh, hey, you do a film podcast? And I'm like, yeah. And they're like, did you see The Predator? And I want to punch them for just saying the two (laughs) words.
0: I say, yes, I
1: did. It's fucking shit. And we got so angry in the podcast that was one of our original podcasts that we were going to release. That we just didn't do it because yeah. we hated it so much.
0: Yeah. So for yeah, again, so to sort of draw the curtain back a little bit, we did a bit of a pilot series, if you like. Yeah. Sort of a testing. We round. might release them one day, maybe. Um, where we yeah we did the ground rewatch on the Predator series leading up to the Predator. Yep. And then it was just this added like crushing disappointment of going to see yeah. the Predator, and it was just shite. It just it was like hated it. He was trying to be funny, and it wasn't funny. It was just it was just stupid and out of character. So much
1: that didn't land. Yeah, so much potential that they could have had. There was a director that should have known better with like so Shane, much other stuff in there. And
0: we've talked about it before, like Shane Black. We were we were Shane Black fans until yep. this movie. We, you know, he did Kiss Kiss Bang Bang he did the nice guys the nice guys nice guys three nice guys was one of the best movies of that year i I love the nice guys yeah yeah and to think that he's followed up the nice guys with this yeah it's like what the fuck happened exactly sort of it it stinks of studio interference as well and there's been lots of talk about like there were set photos of predators like hooking up with the team and fighting alongside them right stuff so there was clearly a lot of stuff that changed post-production um, and reshot. It was just stupid CGI stuff. Like, the Predator was just this giant 30-foot fucking CGI monster. Yeah, it's fucking
1: stupid and dumb, and I hate the whole thing. Yeah,
0: but and everything about it is shit. And, like, like almost offensive in some of the... It the was joke. offensive. Well, yeah. yeah, it was It was offensive.
1: Yeah. But, yeah, so I take it by your uh, vitriol that you have for it that it's in your worst five list as yeah, well? It's, yeah, it is. Like, that's the thing. So we'll, we'll do it's my my Swiftly worst. segue across.
0: Yeah, so we'll do my worst five... I'll, straight away, I'll get it out there. There's a few in there that are, were also in yours. So, The Predator yep, um, and Fahrenheit 451, yep, both in there. Um, but I do have three in there that you didn't have. So, I have um, Fantastic Beasts I put in okay. there, just because it was just fucking annoying. Yep. And, like, yeah, it was just, like, annoying and boring. And I think that's, that's the biggest sin a lot of these have, is that they're boring. Yep. Um, and speaking of which aquaman is also in here okay because it's not so much again it's not the worst thing you've ever seen and there are things that i liked about aquaman but i think it was just the i should get bored yeah and i should never get bored Same. in something like this and they just they it was completely it didn't have focus it was all over the place i'm not going to go on about it too much because i've said everything i wanted to say yeah. about it in our aquaman episode but yeah aquaman's in there for me and again because of this stupid torch I keep ha- holding for fucking DC. Yeah. <laughs> because I really want them to be good and they keep fucking letting me down. Yeah. Um, so that's in there. And similarly, Venom. Okay. Because, again, I think what what annoys me more about Venom in a similar way to uh, Jurassic Park is I'm annoyed about how popular it is. Okay. <laughs> I'm annoyed that it's crap, but everyone seems to just go out and flock and watch it anyway. Right. And it's like, well, this is what you deserve then, isn't it? This is what we get. If you just if you watch this shite and you think this is good and you give it all their money, then they're going to make more. And they just, and this is what they think is good, and it just and it's what it represents is just like it's crap, mediocre, nothing. Yeah. But it makes a shitload of money, and it's just yeah. like, ugh, yeah, I hate it. And it's just and it's just nothing. It was like I think I described it at the time. It's the equivalent of a shrug of a movie.
1: Yep. And that the the two like genius things that you've said this year is that Venom is the film equivalent of a shrug. And what was the other one that you said? I don't know. <laughs> it's better than... It's
0: better than... I can't remember what I was even talking about. Now, so you said I said that it's, it's better Venom
1: th- is better than The it. Predator. Because it was
0: the next one that came out, wasn't it? So I said, Venom was better than The Predator, but so's um, a wasp flying up your nose.
1: Yep. <laughs> 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 and it was at that point I was like... This is why we're
0: friends. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, So, yeah, I think that's my top five. Uh, My bottom five, sorry. Uh, As say, smack you in the face. Ackman, Venom, Predator, Fantastic Beasts, and Fahrenheit 451. Yeah. So, that's it. So, now your top five.
1: So, my top five, and we're probably not really going to go into too much more depth here. No. Because we've covered, we've spoken about them all already. Um, So, three billboards. Yeah. Is in my top five. Yeah. Yeah. just because it's the first time, well, I should say it's the first time. It's one of the first films that I've watched in a long time that has no separate connections to anything. is an original film that mm-hmm. came out and is what is classed as Oscar bait movies mm-hmm. that truly, truly lived up to the hype. Yeah, um, it was a tough call between that and The Shape of Water because mm-hmm. that was the same. Yeah, um, <clears throat> but yeah. So that's my sort of first entry. <laughs> and these aren't in any discernible order. No. <clears throat> um, next is Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse.
0: Yeah. I mean, I fucking love that like, movie so much. Yeah. I can't even... I can't... Like, it's been out for a week now and I can't stop thinking about it. I've seen it again. Yeah. I've, I'm The soundtrack's on a loop. Yeah. I, I love it. Yeah, I, same. I, yeah, I love it.
1: I absolutely love it. It's brought... Uh, it's sort of rejuvenated everything around Spider-Man. Um. It's proved to me that Sony animations can do the stellar, stellar work, mm. and it totally understood the audience and everything that it needed to be.
0: Yeah, and for me, like speaking of Sony, it sort of repaired a lot of the damage that it did for me with Venom. Yeah, because they were like, yeah, you know, between Venom and other they doing the animated Spider-Man movies? Like, oh, they're trying to milk this, create their own Spider-Man yeah. way of making a load of money whilst Marvel have got Tom Holland going on the go. Yeah, It's was like, oh, they're trying to milk it and it, isn't it? Venom was crap and I was like oh no then sort of made me worry about Spider-Verse and then Spider-Verse came out and I was like no they get it yep. or at least the guys who made this get it anyway mm-hmm. they get Spider-Man and long may they reign sort of yeah, thing yeah for sure yeah
1: yep. next on my list is I, Tonya mm-hmm. just because when I watched that I started watching it and I should have been doing other things at the time I stopped doing those other things for that entire time that the film was on yeah. and I got to the end of it and I went holy shit Like, two hours have passed, and it was just like, hands on head, this is fucking great. Like, all throughout the whole film, I just absolutely, absolutely loved it. Great, okay. And then, next is Infinity War. Yep. So, don't really need to say much about that. As somebody that grew up as a Marvel guy, from being six, seven years old, and reading my first comic book, which was an Avengers comic book, and all the way through to now, where i own hundreds of comic books you look around the room that we're in on the oil rig and we're surrounded by marvel things
0: Mm.
1: but it's just it's just this build-up of 10 years worth of effort and determination and doing the right thing and making the right decisions bringing in the right people that built this to be a fucking spectacular film yeah that i've Probably watched at least a dozen times since it came out. And then last on my top five, and again, not in any order, is Ghost Stories. Okay. Because it's just so original. I
0: really need to watch that film. Like, okay, you, you've told me on it. Like, I was fairly dismissive of it for whatever reason. Maybe it's because it's a British film. and yeah. British films just tend to be shite. they Well, they do. I'm sorry. <laughs>
1: uh, but yeah, so Ghost Stories, it's just... It, it was... Just totally, totally original. Mm. It was really, really powerful. Um, Something I heard on another podcast kind of nailed it for me is that there's a section with Paul Whitehouse and it's so frightening because it's Paul Whitehouse. Right, yeah. Who's a, for anybody that's listening outside of the UK, um, is a comedian who we've watched since we were kids with stuff like the Harry Enfield show, the Fast show. He always plays comic roles. And in this, this he plays a completely straight role. Mm. And he's being traumatised. Yeah. And it's just so, so effective. Martin Freeman plays it in a similar way. There's another chap in there. I won't give it away who he is, but he has a similar effect as well. And it's just everything about the film. You're just like, what the fuck? As you're going through. Mm. And the ending you might see coming a mile off. But that whole time that you're through in it, you're absolutely transfixed. I need to and watch this film. Okay,
0: all right, it's on my list. I'm gonna try and watch it over the Christmas break. Yeah. You got me. So Is that your five, yeah?
1: Yep. Cool. Three um, billboards, <clears> ghost <throat> stories, I Tonya, Spider Man into the
0: Spider Verse and Inf- Okay.
1: Um,
0: so similarly, three out of your five are also in my top okay. five. <laughs> because we clearly have very similar tastes. Yep. Um yeah, so my those three are Avengers Infinity War, which, like you said, it's the culmination of all this stuff. It was everything we wanted it to be um spider-man into the spider-verse because it was just awesome and yeah i loved everything about it and then i've got a couple on here that you didn't have on there so i've got uh black panther yep and the reason i got black panther is yeah similar to what i was saying earlier is what i love about it is that it proves that you can have that sort of deeper um cultural i don't know how to even describe like a messaging and and a subtext Behind a what is on the surface a very glossy just superhero movie, Mm -hmm. Um, and it makes that point. And now it means that whenever it means that I hold those movies to that standard, Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, like when we talked about Aquaman, yeah, I talked about that, and like there are you know, there are opportunities to do it, and you can't you don't say that it can't be done because yeah, Black Panther did it, or you know, there are there are a few other handful of movies in the superhero genre who do similar things. Um, but this was probably the most effective of it, mm-hmm. um, and that's reflected in just the cultural significance of how much it's been embraced all over the world, and how much money is made, and all yeah.
1: rest of it. The critical review as well,
0: Chris, yeah, critically well received, and just like yeah, it was it was amazing, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Black Panther for the win. And then I I had six in here for the longest time, and I was the two that were competing. I may as well tell you now because the three that you've already talked about, two that were competing was A Quiet Place and Creed Two. Okay. I've given it to a quiet place. Okay. On the basis of originality, yeah. Which, like we said, we champion here. A quiet place was not quite like anything I'd seen before. Yeah. And kept me like I, for a movie that was as quiet as it was, and, and and it was just kept me so engaged and like focused in on it. I loved it, and it was just the experience of watching it in the cinema was absolutely amazing. Um, and Creed two, I just enjoyed it from start to finish. And I loved it, but the reason I didn't quite put it in is because it's derivative it's it's the eighth yeah. movie in a boxing movie series so there's yeah. only so much you can do but yeah a quiet place um Excellent. is my other yeah. one in my top 5 yeah and i was going to say like
1: it was a pretty you know between black panther and a quiet place were pretty close into into my yeah. top 5 there, as well yeah. and we have had a great year of films so if we want to if we want to run down so Cloverfield Paradox, Black Panther, Game Night, Annihilation, Hurricane Heist, Tomb Raider, Pacific Rim, Isle of Dogs, Ready Player One, You Would Never Really Hear, Rampage, Infinity War, Deadpool 2, Solo, Upgrade, Hotel Artemis, Incredibles 2, Tag, Jurassic World 2, Sicario 2, Ant-Man and the Wasp, Equalizer 2, Mission Impossible, Fallout, Teen Titans, Christopher Robin, The Meg, Black Landsman, Happy Time Murders, The Predator, Venom, Fahrenheit 451, Overlord, Deep Blue Sea 2, Agreed to Spider Verse, Aquaman, I Tonya, Ghost Stories, Three Billboards, Mandy, The Shape of Water, and one that we didn't mention was Batman Ninja.
0: Oh fucking Batman Ninja!
1: Anyway, <laughs> but yes, yeah, so that's our year in review. Really, like I know this is both of these have been pretty long. Yeah, but you know, and don't let anybody tell you that all we watch is superhero films.
0: Yes, absolutely, and that's that's kind of why we wanted to do this. Uh, I think if this is uh, jumping on point for you and to know yeah. what, what we're into, what our sort of take on things is, then this is a good one to listen to. Thanks for anyone who's listened to us up to this point. Yeah, we um, really, really appreciate it. Absolutely, um, it's been an interesting couple of months whilst we've been sort of finding our feet. and We really appreciate your support. If you do want to continue to follow us, we're at all the usual places. We're on Instagram. We're on. Uh, you can email us at theoncastpod at gmail dot com. You can find us on Facebook. You can find us on Twitter. Yep. Um, we're on iTunes, so please rate us on iTunes. Yeah, it it's big,
1: really, really, really important. Yeah, makes a big and difference. I know it. I know every <clears throat> podcast says it, but yep. you know it is really, really important for rates and reviews. Sure.
0: Um. And yeah. And that, that's gonna be it for 2018. Yep. Um. 2019, we're gonna start look launching into a couple of um, grand Rewatches straight away. Yep. First one being, do we want to tell them what it is? Yeah. Yeah. So the first one, the first sort of um, big movie out, I guess, is Glass the M. Night yes. Shyamalan uh, movie, which is a sequel to both Unbreakable and Split. So we're going to go back, we're going to watch Unbreakable with Bruce Willis, uh, and then we're going to watch Split with James McAvoy. I haven't seen Unbreakable in a really long time, and I'll be interested to go back and watch it now that they've tied these movies in together and it's all part of the shared shyamalan Um Yeah, so that's the next one we're going to be talking about. It's going to be Unbreakable. Yep. But in the meantime, enjoy these. Thanks for listening, yep. um, and Thank we'll you. see you in the new year. Thanks. Bye. Bye.